Blog Talk Radio. This is the Back Porch Writer Podcast, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. It's live, fun, and informative. Each week, I chat with writers, editors, and industry pros to give you and me a heads up about this whole new awesome publishing world. Back Porch Writer is about creating the life that you want through writing and publishing. Are you ready to tap submit? Let's explore the possibilities together. Welcome to Back Porch Writer. Welcome to Back Porch Writer, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. I'm your host, Corey Miller, and today is August 16th, 2017. And it was kind of a humid day today, I'm not going to lie. Start out, we had some rain, storms, or whatever overnight, and so that just kind of made it humid outside today. And when you're wearing all black, that's just not good, I have to admit. That's not comfortable. So I, I did stay inside the majority of the day because I was busy, busy, busy. Here's what I'm up to. My classes, my graduate classes are starting up again. I just finished, you know, once I had two this summer um, and I finished one a couple of weeks ago. So I had a little bit of a break, got a lot done. Um, but classes are starting again on Monday and my children just went back to school this week. So the timing of that is beautiful. They went this week, I go next week. This is awesome. So I'm loving that. But what I've been doing in the last week or so has really, I've been really focusing on some rebranding and identifying, well, re-identifying, I guess, my strengths, which of course I'm an author, but I'm also really good at facilitating programs and workshops, training, that sort of thing. I did that for a very long time and coaching other people. And so I'm doing some rebranding efforts. So I've been working on that. And in that vein, I am putting together an eight-week program, training program. And what's been really fun about developing this program is as I try and come up with titles for the individual sessions, I'm sending them out to people in my Facebook family sort of thing. And then sometimes over to Twitter and saying, hey, vote on this. Let me know out of these three, which one do you think is the best title for this particular session or this workshop? Because I don't even have a title. I haven't settled on a title for the whole eight-week program yet. So I even sent that out. So every day I'm sending out um, just a little, uh, little blurb or something that has three options for people to help me figure out the best titles for the various sessions. And then, of course, I have the one for the overall workshop. So that's been a lot of fun. In addition to that, of course, I've been working on uh, the coaching side of things and learning even more about coaching than I already knew. I, you know, I thought I knew quite a bit. There's a lot more to know out there. <laughs> so very exciting stuff. Um, some of you realize I went to the Positive Psychology Conference, the Fifth World Congress uh, on Positive Psychology in Montreal a couple weeks back, and it was phenomenal. And I was able to talk with lots of different just leaders in the field that were there. And so I was able to talk with people and, and learn so much from them. And uh, there was this guy there named Benjamin Hardy. And if you don't know him, you need to look him up. He has some great uh, articles over on Medium, which is something I started writing for um, partly because he told me I should. And I went, oh, okay. I hadn't looked at it. And so I have about three articles over on Medium right now and a couple waiting for publication on Thrive Global. Global. So hopefully that will happen. Um, but it's been really fun to, to do that. But Benjamin Hardy, shout out to him. He's the reason I actually looked into it and decided I would, I would do it. It's just a, a lot of fun coming up with the stories. Speaking of stories. Okay. So I've been writing fiction most of the time of late, right? I've been doing nonfiction mostly because of school. 
And I have listened to an amazing amount of nonfiction books. I can't even tell you how many books I actually go through in, you know, a week or in a month or anything like that. One of the books that I listened to, and I'm actually listening to it the second time right now, is Captivate. And Vanessa Van Edwards just released this book not too long ago. I love this book. So if you are at all interested in um, how to work with people, how to read people, because, you know, I like body language, this is her specialty because she's a behavior um, researcher, basically. She has the Science of People, which is one of my favorite websites to visit. So check out Captivate. It really the book is phenomenal. Nothing like it goes into everything you could ever think of, including microexpressions. So if you are interested in microexpressions and, and how to really pick up on those subtle things that happen like within one fifth of a second, they don't last very long. It's very quick. That will, that's in the book as well. And her website is phenomenal. So go check it out. That's Captivate. I'm, I've been listening to Emotional Intelligence as well, but it's a longer read and it's a little bit heavy. Um, it's a great book but it is definitely a heavier book in terms of content. Just so you know, there's your warning. <laughs> so that's what I've been kind of up to, you know, I'm busy, busy, busy and very eager, excited that classes are starting again on Monday. I've got three classes. One of them is towards my positive psychology certification, um, which is a light, actually it's a life and career coaching class that I'll be taking. I can't wait to find out what that's all about. And then in my educational psychology course, um, that plan, I'm going into a test and measurement course and then an adult development course because that gives me dual credit. I get credit in my ed psych course and in my specialization of neuropsychology by taking that class. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. <laughs> At any rate, that's what's going on with me. I hope all is going well in your world. Uh, tonight, I have a guest, a return guest. And this is really fun for me because when they when guests come back, I love to hear about what they've been up to. And this particular author, William Michael Davidson, has been up to a lot. Now, I remember that when he was on the show before, we talked about this book called, and I think he even told the name at the time, but The Remnant, which is the one we're going to talk about tonight, um, speculative fiction. But he also wrote children's books. And so if you go over to Amazon, you're going to see that he's got a couple children's books and then he's got all these other books that are speculative fiction. Busy, busy man when it comes to writing. And this particular book, The Remnant, is one of those books that I would love to see in movie form. In fact, the idea of it reminded me of, oh, my God, Cap Caprica. I think that was the name of it, the show. Anyway, that show only lasted a year, and I loved it. I was so disappointed that it didn't have more seasons. But anyway, let's welcome William Michael Davidson to the Back Porch Writer Program. How are you doing tonight? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. And I would love to see the book made into a movie as well. I wouldn't complain. <laughs> right? <laughs> It'd be nice. I, I just, okay, so let's let's start with the book, The Remnant, and tell everybody what the story is about. Because that when I was reading the information over on Amazon, I thought, oh my God, oh my God, this is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it it was a it's a really it was a really fun book to write. Um, uh, I guess to to make a really long story short, I'm horrible as an author sometimes summarizing my my own novels. But um, I I wanted to create a futuristic world where you know, and in today's world with all the the talk of of terrorism and uh, the the fear of terrorism, I imagined a futuristic world where the government, in an effort to to rid the world of uh, fundamental religious beliefs and terrorism created a, a, a virus, basically a super flu, that wipes out um, all of humanity's um, VMAT2 genes, which, which some scientists actually, you can read about it, it's, it's interesting. Um, some scientists believe that this is the reason 
that, that people have spiritual experience. And so through basically the spreading of this plague, it's a theological plague, it wipes out humanity's, um, you know, base, spiritual existence, basically. So it's kind of a post-theological world. And there's, a, there's a, an institution called the CTC, the Center for Theological Control, which basically go around and, and round up anyone who expresses um, any, any, any forms of spirituality. Because um, the reality is even after the plague um, happens and, you know, the whole world becomes basically atheistic, there's still some people who develop certain beliefs and they feel that there's more to this world than just here, here and now. And in any ways, the, the Center for Theological Control, they, they, they take these people um, kind of like, uh, it's almost like Bradbury-ish, and take them and, and take them to an island and quarantine them because they're considered a threat to society. So uh, the story basically centers around um, an extractor. He's one of the workers for the CTC. It's his job to round these people up and send them to this island where they're quarantined. And um, he's kind of the top extractor. He prides himself on how many of these aberrants, they're called, people who experience uh, forms of faith. Um, and he's kind of the lead extractor of all of them, and his own son becomes targeted. And so a lot of the book centers around, you know, is he going to remain faithful to this, this government organization who's, who's quarantining anyone with, with spiritual beliefs, or is he going to, to do something to help save his son? So the, it's, it's pretty dystopian, I guess is the way I would put it. Okay, now what was this gene you, you talked about that you said some scientists? Yeah, there, there's a gene. I, I, I think I'm, I'm not, uh, definitely not a scientist, but I, I think it's called VMAT2. Um, I don't personally subscribe to that belief, and a lot of people don't, but there, there are theories out there. You can read about it. It's interesting that it's a, it's a gene. It's part of our DNA, if you will, and there's some scientists that um, believe. I think there was actually a book called The God Gene, and it's actually about mm-hmm. that gene that, um, that leads some to believe that that's why, why we have spiritual experience. And other people have written about this idea before, if you look out there, it's not written a lot about, but this idea of if you can wipe out this gene, is it possible to wipe out, you know, spiritual experience? Well, then it makes me wonder, because there's a lot of researchers that study compassion and say that there's an evolutionary reason we are, we have compassion, that we're compassionate mm-hmm. people, that we're meant to be compassionate people. So then what you're writing makes me wonder, okay, so if you wipe out that particular gene, if that's what you're looking for, what, how would that impact our sense of compassion and empathy for sure. other people? Sure. And, and, and that's what was, what was so fun writing the book. I mean, it really was like, it was like Alice in Wonderland. It was falling, you know, falling into this, this hole and just, it just it, this whole world opened up um, was exploring that world. And, and what, what are the ramifications of that? What, what would it, what would it really look like? And, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it touches upon some some sensitive issues and some people, um, you know, some people may be offended with certain things. Some people may not. But it was definitely, um, you know, w- what would that be like? How how would it affect society? Um, although it, at the same time, it explores those ideas. At the end of the day, it's, it's you know, it, it ended up just being a story and it's fun and there's a lot of adventure. And, you know, it was it was it was a blast to write for sure. <laughs> So in your story, how are you or how, how did you handle that, that idea of compassion and, and empathy? Atheism, well, you um, this atheistic environment. Now, that doesn't mean atheists don't have compassion or empathy. And I haven't read your book, so I don't know how you presented it. 
So I'm curious sure, how that sure. plays in your story. You know, I, I kind of tried to lead this, the, the, to have the characters kind of take me where they wanted to take me. So I, 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 you know, I, I don't know if I consciously thought about it as I, as I was writing it, as I was doing it. I mean, I, I suppose I came from the perspective, um, you know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. So, you know, and I, I, I do think, I think every writer writes from their own, own point of view, their own, their own perspective, their own worldview, whether you're atheist, Buddhist, whatever, but I, I didn't really want it to be, I, I didn't want to, to push an agenda. I, I didn't want um, to, to, you know, my goal isn't to, to prove something or to, to, to prove something right or to prove something wrong. But I definitely, you know, wrote from the perspective that this idea of eliminating um, spirituality or God and, and just that, that, that it wouldn't be good, you know, and that, and that, that really spiritual, spirit, uh, spiritual wise were more than just, just flesh and blood and, and organisms that the, that the CTC's desire to, um, to wipe out spiritual experience actually doesn't work in the book. But, um, I you know, the fun, the, the fun, yeah, the CTC Pacific for theological control, but the, you know, the fun thing about the book, the thing that I've enjoyed the most is I've had, you know, some reviews and I've had a few people write me and, and people, um, you know, even people who were kind of wary of the subject matter who were like, Ooh, is this, is this going to be preachy or is this going to, you know, we're actually like, Oh, it was, it was a, it was a cool story, you know? And, and, and that's exactly kind of what I wanted, wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I read the description and thought, yeah, that's one of those, see, because I love, I love science fiction, but I, I enjoy yeah. seeing it more than reading it. It's yes. just one of those weird things about me. I, I enjoy seeing it, so I'm waiting for it to be a movie. <laughs> yeah, well, what's funny, I, I, I did another, yeah, I did another interview, and, and I was answering questions about it, and another interviewer was, was saying the same thing. They would love to see it made into a film, and obviously, if I got a call, I would be the last person <laughs> to to complain about it. Um, I do think it's very visual. I, I think most of my writing is, is inherently just visual the way that I write. Um, probably because I watched a lot of TV as a kid growing up. So, um, so it's a very visual story and I do think it lends itself probably more than anything I've written. Um, I do think it lends itself to, um, you know, lends itself to, to something that, that could be visual for sure. And many, yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that, which is good. Well, I mean, you could always learn the whole art of screenplay writing and just do it, <laughs> you know, turn it into that. And, you know, I don't know that process. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, I've tried. I'm just, I'm comfortable and, you know, I'm old school. I, I like that. I, mm-hmm. I really enjoy the, the writing paragraph by paragraph. I like being mm-hmm. in control of the whole, whole creation. I, I, I've tried a couple screenplay things long time ago writing it and I just, I love the novel form. I just, mm-hmm. you know, that's where I'm comfortable. That's where I'm comfortable. So this brings me to the fact that when we spoke the first time, I know you were indie publishing at that time and you have yeah. since moved into more of a, not well, traditional publishing, but with a small press and in fact, two yeah. different presses. So my first question has to do with this book and movie rights and whether or not or how the press the pressure with right now can they help you with that and if so how do they go about doing that um well i'm with a couple different um small presses and i know one of them it's funny i i just got an email 
um, I know one of the presses actively looks for movie rights, and I, I think they've they've gotten a couple, had a di- couple different connections. Um, and I just received an email um, that they were looking for a certain type of story for movie rights. So um, they're involved in that. I mean, that hasn't obviously happened yet. Um, and I would have to look at my contract to be totally honest to remember exactly mm-hmm. how that would pan out. But um, I know one of the presses, um, at least from what I'm aware of right now, is is has pursued that in certain cases. And I know at least one of the authors, if I remember correctly, from one of them um, did secure secure some kind of deal. I'm not sure how big or how small the film was. So it's really nice having a um, having a, a, a publisher. I, I feel very fortunate because I have two and they're both very supportive. They're, they're both, um, they've both been very helpful. Um, and, you know, I, I've enjoyed the process and I'm not just saying that <laughs> I really have. All right. So tell everybody, what was your reason? I mean, I read what you wrote to me on, on when you signed up for the interview, but tell everybody why you went this route instead of staying in the indie publishing world. You know, I, I liked the indie, you know, I, I published a couple things um, by myself and it was, I feel like as a writer there, I, there's, there's two components that, that at least I have as a writer. I, and, and I feel like most writers I talk to have this, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but there's the, the writer who just enjoys sitting alone in the morning, writing my story. I love that. But then there's the writer that I want people to read it. You know, I want feedback. I want it to get out there as much as possible. The entertainer, I guess. So I felt like when I self-published, I, I enjoyed the writing of the story. I enjoyed editing the story. I, I really do love writing. Um, but I felt like it was just so hard for me in my experience. And I'm very busy, um, kids and um, work and, and, and marriage and, you know, good things. But for me to 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 get that entertainment component of it to getting it out there i just felt like it was it was very difficult for me to do um alone and so both of these publishers i mean you know they've 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 put the work on audible which is which is great you can buy you can buy a couple of my books on audible um i was i had a chance to go up to san francisco a few months ago they set um uh, dancing lemur press which published the remnant set up a, a, a signing opportunity in san francisco um, I was able to do one locally and it was the best turnout the bookstore said they had. Um, and they've had a lot. So I was stunned. <laughs> um, so I just felt, felt, you know, having that support, getting it out there is why I went, I went that route and I got lucky too. I mean, I, um, as most people do in their craft, I think they get better as they go. And I, I look back at what I self published and I, I think it was, you know, it was, it was good, but I think, um, these ones got picked up pretty pretty quickly, actually, like which was shocking for me because I expected you know years on end, and um, they, they got picked up fairly quickly, at least in the world of writing, which is like molasses. Um, so it just kind of worked out. Yeah, your book, The Remnant, is over on Audible, and it is for members thirteen dollars and ninety six cents. Those of you who are curious mm-hmm. about it, it's right there. I just found it. <laughs> Cool. I'm gonna add that to <laughs> cool. my wish list right now. <laughs> I, you know, it's <laughs> funny because I don't, I actually don't listen to fiction hardly ever. I listen to a yeah. lot of nonfiction because I like to read fiction. I like to have the book. Yes. <laughs> when I read yes. fiction, but I will listen to fiction like on a long trip or something, and I, I enjoy that. But I put that in my uh, 
my list. I'll have to listen to the narration and see how that is. But everybody now knows it's on Audible. That's very cool. And then get it. I love Audible. One of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah, right. I've tried. I've tried listening to books on audio, and it's 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 hard for me. I'm I'm the same way. I like to actually hold the book, feel it, smell it, touch it. <laughs> see, so, and what uh, I do is I'll. I'll get a lot of the nonfiction books. I love it because I can just do it when I'm driving. And, and all. so I love that. I can just listen to the books all the time. And if I really like the book, I buy, I mean, if I really like the audiobook, I buy the physical copy of the book. So the, sure, <laughs> these sure. authors, I was talking about Captivate <laughs> at the, the top of the, the show. I was talking about Captivate. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. I bought the audio, loved it, and went, oh, I'm buying the book. <laughs> oh, nice. Very nice. Yeah. And so that's, that's what I tend to do is uh, – is look at it that mm-hmm. way, but I, I go through a lot of nonfiction, but fiction, I don't know why that is, but I, I the preference is I want to be able to, even if it's on my Kindle, I want to be able to read yeah. the book versus listen. But since I am one of those science fiction people who likes the movies, maybe I'll enjoy listening yeah. to the audio of a science fiction book. I haven't tried that. So, you know, you're yeah. the first I one need- I try that with. I need to actually listen to it. I have a copy. It's horrible. I haven't even listened to my own my own book, so I should probably do that. <laughs> well, you didn't narrate it, so you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you, your narrator is Michael Burnett, but I don't know anything. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But it's the, so cool that you had, you had a, a publisher who could help you with that. It's awesome. Yeah, it was really nice, and then they, they were able to actually um, – they were able to, to – um, I think they gave out some codes and some things to, for reviews for, for readers. So um, I know missing person was able to pick up, um, you know, some, a lot of reviews on audible quickly. The remnants barely been out on audible. So I'm not even sure if it's reviewed yet on, I know it's reviewed on Amazon. Yeah. But, it is on um, the Amazon. Remnant, yeah. The remnant just literally just came out um, very, very recently on audible. So it's, it's pretty, pretty new. So, and, and yeah, there'll be sequels. There'll be two more books following the remnant. There's no radiance yet. But that's okay, because I'm sure there will be. I hope so, and hopefully good. (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, even even three stars means the person liked it. I mean, realistically. So, you know, don't sweat it. (laughs) And some of the readings, like on Audible, some of it comes down to not liking the narrator and the sound of the narrator, but it has nothing to do with the story, you know. So that's some of it. So don't sweat it. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. All right, so mm-hmm. we're talking about these um, small presses that you went to and what people listening, authors specifically listening, will want to know are a few things. So I'll start with the first question. How would you find them? Okay. Okay. Um, you know, I, I mean, nothing really, uh, you know, super exciting. I, I, I really just spent my time. I, I looked up um, – you know, I, I guess I went to. I'm trying to actually think now. I got. I got to look back. I think I used a website, um, which is a, a big website for writers, Agent Query. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's Agent Query, and they also have publishers under that as well. And um, I know with both publishers, you know, and um, with Missing Person, and and definitely with the Remnant. I think the Remnant. I might have only sent it out to maybe one other person. I don't even know if that, maybe one or two, but I just went through the descriptions, you know, just kind of, kind of laboriously just reading through and tried to find good matches and dancing lemur press who published the remnant. I remember, um, I remember just reading their description and I was like this, and I remember I can 
still remember sending it out. I was actually at work after work, and I was um, I sent out the the query letter to them, and I thought, you know, this publisher looks exactly kind of like what what I picture this book, you know, being, and in uh, in they you know they went for it, so it was it was kind of cool. But you know, just online resources. There's so much out there, and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of smaller presses too. There's a lot of options, you know, other than the big five or whatever it is now. Um, so just really just reading and taking my time. And that's, that's kind of how I did it. All right. So the next question that people are going to want to know authors uh, has to do with contracts and things like that. So in the big five world, there were for a long time, great advances. And then that went down. Um, still maybe mm-hmm. did them, but not as much. So, what was that process like for you with a small press? Um, I mean, it's definitely royalty based. So there, 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 there was no, you know, I didn't go buy a mansion, you know, when I signed the contract <laughs> <laughs> or buy a Corvette or buy a, you know, Tesla or anything like that. Um, so it, it, it definitely is, is royalty based and that's kind of what I expected. And as I know we were talking earlier, I think, that is the case, I think, even with some of the, the bigger publishers right now. So, um, you know, and I, when I received the contract, I had it looked over and it was, you know, I, I thought both contracts for both publishers were, were very fair. And, um, and you know, I, I was very happy to do it that way. That was, that was fine, you know. Mm-hmm. So from a marketing perspective, is that the next thing that really comes up? How are they mm-hmm. helping you with marketing? You've mentioned a few things. Um, clearly, yeah. the the coupons or whatever discount codes and and the bookstore stuff. What else have they helped you with in terms of marketing? Um, they, you know, having done it without uh, just self publishing, it, it it was definitely advantageous work working with the publisher. Um, I, I still think the expectation. I, I I would begin by just saying, and and I know. You know, I, I was actually met with writers a couple months ago, um, a friend and some of writers he knows, and they've been published by, I think, Ballantyne, if I'm remembering right. But even even with those big publishers, there's an expectation, I think, that you market yourself and that you get the word out there. So I kind of kn- knew that. Um, and i very active on social media, probably too much, my wife would tell you. Um, <laughs> but, um, but uh, you know, they, like, again, they... I, I know from Missing Person when I published that, um, there were several reviews that, that went out. Um, I think they gave away codes for Audible for honest reviews given by the publisher. They they post things online. They set me up with um, different um, contacts, um, radio interviews similar to this. Um, I know Dancing Lemur Press, uh, which published The Remnant. Again, I never would have gone to San Francisco and done that book signing if if they wouldn't have kind of you know, help make that happen. Um, they, uh, they also, uh, they post, they do a lot of things online. Um, they've connected me actually with a web tour um, in that or a blog tour, I guess is the, the right term. And so that got a lot of exposure when, when the book first came out. So, you know, it, it just feels, you know, having been down both roads and again, writing is, I mean, ultimately you write because you love it and whether my books were ever published, I would still do it because I just love doing it. But having gone down both roads, just having someone to help and to give ideas, even if it's not, you know, random house and they're flying me to, 
you know, New York, um, you know, to Times Square to put on a big concert or something like that, e- even though, you know, it might not be that big. It's just so different and so helpful um, having that. So um, I would, I mean, my, my advice would be for a writer would, would say that you know, there's no shame in self-publishing. I've done it. It's a good thing, especially if you are in a position where you have more ability to promote and more time and more energy. But I would um, highly consider finding a, a publisher, whether big or small, that can just be an, an extra asset to you. You know, um, I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Who's the other press? Because you've mentioned Dancing Lemur Press a few times. Oh, Clink. Um, Clean Reads, and they published Missing Person, and they actually um, will be publishing another novel of mine, which will be out next year as well, called Storm Taken um, and Clean Reads. And and I will say, actually, one other thing with the publishing that I, I really enjoyed is, you know, just dealing or working with a publisher is dealing with the cover art, dealing with the editing. Um, again, just having someone else to 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 help make that happen was 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 huge. Mm-hmm. And I can see that. I mean, I've, I've said yeah. for years now, it's one of those things that I'm like, I like indie publishing. I'm an entrepreneur, have been for a very long time. So I, I can yeah. change hats pretty easily. But sure. it would be nice <laughs> to have someone run with a few things and just say, like, yeah. okay, you do that. <laughs> yeah, it's just very nice. And I, I, I definitely, I mean, my wife will, will say this too. I'm, I'm not a detail-orientated person. Um, I'm not good at sometimes a little details. So mm-hmm. I feel like the more some, someone else could, you know, take the time to put together the cover art or whatever, then that just frees me up to do more writing. So that, you know, that, that's kind of, that's, you know, another one of the big reasons why it was, it was nice. See, and I think that if everybody listening, that's one of the takeaways here is that you have to figure out as a writer, you have to figure out, one, where are your strengths? And two, which direction you really want to go? With me, it's hybrid, and I'm cool with that. But some people really mm-hmm. just need to go one direction or the other. And you need to be honest yeah. about what your skill set is to be able to go yeah. one direction or the other. Um, yes. So I think that's important. Yeah. So what's next for you? Well, um, there's a lot. I probably need to sleep a little more. Um <laughs> There's um, the the remnant. Um, I, I, I again really enjoyed writing it, so I, I wrote a sequel to it, um, which is called. Um, I think I remember the name here. As of right now, um, uh, Mass Exodus, and super fun. And, so that's the um, working title. I'm, that's the working title, and actually the publisher, uh, Dancing Lemur Press, will hopefully get this in a month or so. It's taking me forever to edit it. I actually found writing a sequel difficult because I had to keep everything consistent. So mm-hmm. I constantly had to, to go back and yep. make sure, and I didn't have to do that, you know, the first time. So that was kind of, took a lot of time. So, um, but that is done and that'll go off to them in about, um, month or so and then there's a third book which i'm already about 25 percent done with and that working title is called sanctuary city and um so there'll be two more books in the remnant series and then with the other publisher i have a book called storm taken which is a standalone supernatural science fiction totally a different feel 
than the Remnant series, and I'll probably call back for another interview for that. <laughs> but that will be back. That that'll be out in probably 2018. I just signed the contract and for that literally a week ago. Is that with Clean Reads? That's with Clean Reads, yeah. And that's a just supernatural suspense, almost a tiny bit of horror, maybe just a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's still kind of lighthearted. Mm-hmm. So I, you just made me think of another question that has to do with contracts. So with your contract with uh, Dancing Lamer Press, what, how did that play out? Because you've got this book that they picked up, and it sounds like they've already picked up the next two. Well, I hope they do. That's not actually in the contract, so I'm making a huge assumption here. <laughs> but um, they want to see it. Um, it, it was a, a one-book deal, and, um, and that made sense to me. And I actually appreciated that because um, that meant that you know, there was kind of no pressure. And so I think the, you know, the idea between you know, both of us was, um, you know, we talked was, look, you know, no pressure. Let's just have the first one come out. Um, and, and so, but they know they're going to be receiving it. So, you know, I'm hoping they, 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 they go for it. Um, and that will gig and go to them in about a month. So it was, um, the, with, with dancing lemur, it's been one, um, you know, it's one, it's been one book at a time, which is, which is great. You know, it's fine. I actually have a friend who, also does science fiction and he published a trilogy through a um a small small press and there was this time frame that he had and he he just found it very stressful um Mm -hmm. and so i guess it's been nice not having to even though i was able to produce it fairly quickly i feel lucky um i didn't have that kind of you know rigid dates in front of me did they you know you See, I'm backtracking now because I didn't ask this before, and it has to do with editing. So mm-hmm. you went through this process of editing. What did they do? Well, they had an editor. Um, she did a um, she did a really good job. I'll plug her name here. I think her, if I could say it right, I think her writing name is Chris. Uh, I hope I don't get, get it wrong. Is it Chris Fay? I can't remember. Um, I might have that wrong. She has a. She I think she uses a different pen name. Anyways, but she. Um, she edited the book. So she worked for dancing lemur um, and she did the editing. I thought she, you know, did a good job. And I actually, this is just my personal thing before I even send my writing out to publishers. I have an editor, a personal editor that I work with and I have her edit them before I even send it to the publisher. And that's just for me. Um, and, and so then both publishers actually dancing lemur press with the remnant and also Clean reads with missing person both had um, both had editors, you know, and we went back and forth with the manuscript. Um, a lot of it was copy, you know, just kind of copywriting things, if that's a term, just I guess syntax and, and grammar, and then, mm-hmm. but some some of it was story content. So there was actually one chapter in the remnant that I had to completely like take the beginning and put at the end, and take the end and put in the middle. So and it was better. I mean, once I read the chapter after that, I was like. That was a good call. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, it helps to have other eyes on it, no doubt. I mean, and when I say other eyes, yeah. I do mean editors. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Yes. <laughs> it helps to have yeah. other editor eyes on it. I mean, I the beta readers and all that—they're awesome, and they pick up things like, "Well, that wasn't consistent." But it, yeah. it helps to have editors look at the stuff that you're actually writing and and give you feedback. And people oh, should not time. authors. Writers out there, don't be afraid of that. Just 
suck it up, put your big boy pants on and be happy. <laughs> and take mm-hmm. feedback. That's all I can tell you. Um, Very much. That is so awesome. I think this whole process has been so exciting. And of course, come back to the show for whatever for sure. you're putting out next, because it's so much fun to talk with you. And it's so exciting to, to just see your journey, what you've been able to do in uh, this time. You. And, and you're so busy. Yeah, it's, it's been awesome. it's been fun. All right. Well, one one tip that you would give other struggling authors out there, whether they're indie or going the hybrid route or trying to go the traditional route, what's one tip you would give them? Um, you know, th- this is probably going to sound really cliche, and um, but it, it's really something I've kind of revitalized um, in myself probably the last year or two, and. And it's going to sound cheesy, but I think it's so true. I think you should read every every day. Have something you're reading because I can tell you, like the last couple of years of my life, I'm just I feel like reading has become as important to writing. And I think in the past, I I made writing more important than reading, and so I would never read or read less. And the great irony is, the more that I've read, the more I'm actually I, I get inspired. I get ideas. I've learned different techniques. So um, I, I, I think I think if you're really a serious writer, I think, you know, write every day, but you just you have to read um, and it's made an impact. There's actually a whole nother book I'm working on, which is a whole nother thing. And that was inspired by reading The Book Thief and just the way the language was done. Uh, had I not read The Book Thief, I don't think I would even be writing this other story that I'm working on on the side. So I think you, you just you got to read. It's a necessity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. William, thank you so much for being with me again on the show. I appreciate your time. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me. Have a great night. Thank you. All right, everybody. He is over on Facebook, and I know he's on Twitter. So over on Facebook, just look for William Michael Davidson. He really, he wasn't kidding. He's pretty active. I was over on the Facebook page um, earlier today, so he's pretty active over there. Um, and check out his book on Audible, now that you know it's there, and then check it out on Amazon. And I am sure that it's available in just about every other retail outlet that you can think of, whether that's Barnes & Noble or uh, Kobo, whatever. You're going to be able to find it, so go look for it. It sounds like a fascinating story. I'm looking forward to listening to the narrator who uh, did The Remnant. I'm going to do that in just a little bit because that I put it in my wish list. So now I have to go check it out. Um, but anyway, that's what you need to do. And if, of course, you do that, then be sure to leave him some review love on Audible, if that's the direction you went, or Amazon or Kobo, wherever you happen to go, please leave reviews, nice, honest reviews. You don't have to be mean or nasty if you didn't like it. Just leave honest reviews, constructive reviews. But if you loved it, say you loved it so that other people know how great it is. All right? Well, thank you so much for joining me here on Back Porch Writer, the show for writers about writers and writing. I'm your host, Corey Miller. And next time we chat, it'll be next week, and I will have gone through a few um, lessons in my classes and probably be a little stressed. But hey, that's all right. I'll keep meditating. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to Back Porch Writer. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe via iTunes so people just like you can find the show. If you've got comments, questions, or want to be a guest, visit BackwardsWriter.com for details. I'm your host, Corey Miller. Until next time, pull the chair, sit a spell, and write.